In this episode, we meet Brent McCarty. Brent is an active duty soldier. Brent is serving the country, and in his capacity, it is normal for him to be around a very difficult group of people. He calls them scoffers and suicides. That's where the Lord has placed him to be the light. He is seeing people saved. He's seeing people turn their lives around in some of the most difficult situations. How do you share the Lord in a situation like that among scoffers and suicides? You got to check it out. Good evening, my Firestorm family. Always thankful for your time, and we have an exciting guest tonight. You know, my heart is to see the body of Christ, just the regular believers. We are an army. We are a supernatural army that the Lord is equipping and anointing to go be his hands and feet. And I just like to bring you examples, people that are modeling that, so that you can pull alongside and run with us. There are so many people that are doing this now. You know, this this last weekend, we had the opportunity to take a team, I think we had about 30 people actually to uh they called it a spiritual arts expo down at the oceanfront yes it was uh very occult uh, lots of very occultic things going on and you know what we plop a booth right down in the middle of that uh with a sign that says how can we pray for you spiritual reading and healing and all of these generally hurt, wounded people come through, and many, many of them have a history. Of they, they say, I was a Christian. They say, I am a Christian, yet they're going to the tarot card reader. They're going to the, you know, the past life regressionist. They're going to the crystals and the, you know, a lot of the stuff that's, it's like a vendor hall. And then right in the middle, <laughs> there's us, Firestorm United and Big House Church. And I got to tell you, it's one of the most beautiful places I've been because if you want to see the Lord show up in power and in presence, go to dark places. I've learned that if you, um, you know, obviously we don't, want to, we don't want to hide our light under a basket. Um, well, what does that look like? If you're only praying for people when it's comfortable in a normal environment, like in church, after church, you know, with your family and friends, yeah, that's great. We should pray for them. But I have learned that you're not going to see the encounters the same way because God's heart is for the lost. So we go into we go into lost places, and my guest tonight is going to share about sharing the gospel with scoffers. My buddy, Brent McCarty. Brent, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I'm just thrilled for you because, man, we have so many different guests from different walks of life. You are, you're the Navy. Yes. And the Navy is, uh, you know, you're a, hep- you're a man under authority. You can only do so much. Right. <laughs> uh, are you able, under, you know, the rules there, are you able to talk about the Lord? Are you able to share your faith? Or is that just completely like, verboten so legally uh the navy does allow for the sharing of your faith i'm protected by the constitution in that okay uh socially it's a bit more taboo okay but yeah definitely it's it's a green light to share your faith in the okay so some people might think oh you know you just gotta leave that at home when you go to work if you're in the navy you're saying oh no not at all you you can still be a christian and share your faith right okay so we, as we were preparing for the show, the reason I called this sharing the gospel with scoffers, why are we going to talk about scoffers, Brent? What, what's, your, what's a day in the life of your job in the Navy like? Yeah, so I work in the nuclear field in, in the Navy. So we're the ones who operate the reactor plants for submarines and aircraft carriers. Uh, so it's a very high intellectual crowd. The yeah. demographic is they, they go after the 1%, you know, okay. for testing scores to get into the Navy. Um, and then we have a two-year uh, schooling that's really intense. So to make it to the fleet, uh, you have to have some either really high intellect or really high just resilience to study. And, and okay. um, so in that environment, um, it's the <clears throat> highest atheistic wow. and scoffer community that I've ever ever seen. Um, it's like laughable to mention God uh, and so nothing in the in like the conversations that in that culture is off limits, but God is the most like like outrageous concept to even bring up. So you can talk about anything, yep. awkward, awful things. Right. But if you talk about things of the Lord, that's like the one thing you're not that's, allowed to talk people about. People get offended. People just like <gasps> immediately yeah. if you say Jesus, you know, his name just cuts through the darkness, you yeah. know. Um yeah, so definitely encountered most of 
testifying on my ship was definitely met with scoffing. Okay. Um, and you were sharing with me also that in this community that you work in, high, high level of atheism, but mm-hmm. also, what did they call your ship? So for a while, uh, the the ship I was on was known as the suicide ship by all the other ships in the Navy. So boats, cruisers, aircraft carriers, they like knew my ship as the, as the suicide ship. We had the highest uh, frequency of suicides, I think is why. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was not uncommon for us to have a day where we got out early we had like a huddle you know in our divisions uh somebody else had committed suicide um have you know chaplains come talk to us and the chain of command say hey we care and then go back to just completely devaluing human beings and you know so it was definitely a high suicide uh empty kind of environment so that's where the lord puts you right to be the light Mm -hmm. in the darkness and and i was agnostic going into that community Okay. So I was a part of the community. Okay. Like drinking with them, you know, um, the conversations, just the, just the, yeah, completely part of the world, part of that culture, understood the culture, was accepted by them, um, yeah, and stood out in my culture for pushing all that, you know. So to, you lived the same life before you before you met the Lord, right? So, yeah. and then, and we should say, okay, so Brent, you're married, you got three little boys, yep. And you said one more on the way. Yes. That's exciting. That's a lot of energy in your house. So you're going to have four boys. (laughs) It's wild. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's worth it. (laughs) Okay. So you go into the Navy and you get into this very elite group that is full of atheism and awash with suicide. What happens to you? How did the Lord get a hold of your heart? So um, preface, I just grew up in the church. Uh, We followed like. An apostolic kind of pastor, he didn't know he was apostolic. He just planted churches, you know. Okay. So we were in the church, you know, every every time the doors are open. And so I had a really big seed. And then I abandoned my faith when I went into the Navy. I uh, just put it aside, just, you know, verbally told God that I don't believe in him, which, you know, doesn't make sense. But anyway, um, and so going into my ship, uh, it's completely of the world there, completely of the culture. Wanted to be the best nuclear, you know, reactor operator. Wanted to just be the guy is what I was shooting for. And so somebody in my duty section, it's been 80 to 100 hours a week together, saw him more than my wife and kids. Um, he had given his life radically to the Lord in January of 2019. And then he started talking to everybody about Jesus. January of 2019 is not very long ago. Right, yeah. That's like two and a half years ago. Def- yes. That's yeah. when, okay. Yeah, so for the next six months, he was just talking to everybody about Jesus and talking to me about Jesus. We really got along, like personality-wise, and I didn't really mind the, you know, the the topic. I just pushed him, you know, pushed Jesus away, and I told him, you know, I thought it was a universe, you know. Um, you thought Jesus was just the universe. The universe I've, was doing stuff. So I had saw seen miracles growing up, so it was hard to just say that I, that God wasn't real or like there wasn't some supernatural metaphysical. So to live however I wanted to, I had to develop a convenient theology that allowed, you know, those experiences to have happened, but I can live how I want. So to me, Jesus just became the object of belief that becomes real if you believe in him, just like, you know, Allah or any other religions. If you believe hard enough, you'll see them come true. And that's, that's got me out of it. That got me out of Christianity. Um, so he would, he probed me about my faith, my faith in my childhood and it brought back up you know, these, these amazing spiritual encounters I had prior to the Navy. And so it became a little bit harder to kind of push the Holy Spirit away. Okay. You know, looking back now, it's, I was kind of getting worn down by the Holy Spirit. And then June 5th, I had a, I had a dream, uh, that was really vivid. And, um, the Lord used this person, uh, that had been ministering to me in this dream to speak to me about Jesus. And it felt so vivid that, Eventually, I, um, as I was contemplating whether Jesus was real after this, because it was such a vivid dream that I just had to kind of comp- open up that discussion, like, is Jesus God or is this just the universe? Yeah. And when I, uh, I decided that Jesus wasn't real mm-hmm. because he didn't use the, Ro- the verse Romans 8.18, which is the present sufferings, nothing in comparison to future glory. It's always my favorite verse okay. before I abandoned my faith. So I decided that Jesus wasn't real. And uh, because he didn't use Romans 8.18 in that dream, and then I looked at my phone, it was 8.18 in the morning, and that kind of struck a chord in me. Could have been a coincidence, right? I mean, that's what I was thinking. 
But I decided to download the Bible app that I had used to use, and the verse of the day said, turn boldly to the throne of grace. And I heard that as a command. Okay. And so I was like, okay. And so I started reading scripture, and I just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, what was that like? It was like, it was like when you hold your breath for longer than you should hold your breath, okay. and you finally get air again. It was like, you know, it was like life entered my body again. I could see my sin. I could see the flesh was dominating my life, you know, uh, like in lust and just mm. drunkenness. And I was an alcoholic drinking like a six pack a night if I could. Uh, anger with my children. Um, yeah. Just really just I could see that I was being dominated by this. And, and I heard the Lord say through scripture that you could have been a teacher by now. But because you uh, abandon your faith, you have to start with the elementary Particle, uh, the basic milk of Christianity. So I went to Romans one. I was like, that's the basic milk. And Romans, it says you like, essentially what I heard from the Lord is that you gave up the image of the incorruptible image of the creator for the creation and that you could, and God turned you over to your, your passions. Yeah. And I just heard that that's exactly what I'd done. I'd developed a convenient theology that put God in a place that I wanted him so I could live how I wanted to. So I had that encounter with the Lord and, and then me and my buddy and Chase uh, and I just turned from that moment and just started uh, just reaching out to everybody about Jesus. So you have this encounter with the Lord. He communicates to you your lostness. Mm-hmm. You rededicate your life yes. in fullness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, they hear things like that. And, um, I mean, that's a great story. I like that. I always say, you know what? Transformation, there's proof in the transformation. So it's not just about saying a prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? right, and then exactly. waiting for death to meet Jesus, because that makes death your salvation. Amen. Right, Definitely. you can meet Jesus right now. Jesus, he, you know, he even said, "This is eternal life to know the one true God mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ, who He sent." This is eternal life, not that when you die you experience it, but you can experience it right now by knowing the one true God and Jesus, who He sent. About abiding in Him, growing in the knowledge of the Lord. You know, not not. Uh, textbook knowledge you know it's it's the revelatory knowledge that happens in a relationship with somebody when you know their their heart you can hear their heartbeat in in situations it's knowing jesus you know it's abiding in his presence and and living from a place of acceptance and living from a place of being known by him so that you can see others through a clear lens you know of love Amen. Well, that's a great segue. So you're on the ship. You're in a highly intellectual, atheistic, suicide-ridden community. You are now, we'll say, fully redeemed. Yeah. Right? You are now a light in the darkness. And what does the Lord start doing? Yeah. So um, there's like this fire in my chest that the Lord gave me coming into that, that it's like, I was so lost. It was the radical encounter showed me just how real he is and just how lost I was. And so moving forward from that, my workplace stopped being like a movie that I was just in the cast of and Mm -hmm. directed by someone else. It started being like a video game. You you understand what I'm saying? It became interactive and I realized like, oh, I'm here for a purpose. You know, I'm not just like at the sway of whatever happens around me. I'm here to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just thought, you share your testimony, you pray for people, and they have encounters with Jesus, and we're all going to get saved. And over the next, you know, however many years I'm going to be on the ship, it's going to be revival. It's going to break out, you know. And uh, I think, you know, that (laughs) isn't exactly what happened. But um, that fervency, like, is something that I maintained the whole time. Just the Lord kept just, I feel like he just kept pushing me to just, realize how short this life is and how eternity is set in stone you know and so it was like for those who were lost it, i just shared the gospel you know and for those who knew god but were stagnant in the faith like over time we saw them get more fired up in their faith in you know, this nuclear community in this nuclear with the community. highest suicide rate among all the ships in the navy right yes the, we saw one person get radically saved um and then i just saw like all over the spectrum of where people were receiving seeds you know like some people, it was like their first seed that had ever, they'd never heard of the gospel, you know? So sharing them, no, Jesus didn't hate you, you know, and explaining yeah. the concept of what the gospel, he died for you, you know, and um, explaining the love of God through the cross, you know? And then for uh, some people, they had heard it a million times, but seeing that fresh fire, that fresh fervency, it sparked something I could tell. You could see kind of where somebody is in the process of salvation, 
through how they react to the gospel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is thrilling. So you're, you're listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and every week on 89.1 FM, we get the joy of bringing to you just believers that know their sons and daughters and they're living it and they're moving it and it's not about church and it's not about get people to say a prayer it's about let's live before them in such a way that the spirit that lives in us just splashes all over them amen and then the lord just does cool stuff right because <laughs> yeah. it's not really about you right right and we we all know how do we overcome, right? The scripture in Revelation, how do we overcome? Well, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right. And nobody ever adds on the third one, right? It's always blood of the lamb, raw, word of our testimony, yeah. And they loved not their own lives unto death. Amen. And that was something that you had to work through on yes. the ship. Love not my own life unto death. Mm-hmm. You were saying, and it doesn't mean that you're going to have to take a bullet for the gospel necessarily, but talk to me about what the Lord was doing with the flesh that had to be crushed right. during that time. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so um, just to be real, no one wants to hear the gospel. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in church don't even want to hear the gospel. It, it causes, it demands a transformation. You know, just the message itself demands for you to recognize that you're wrong. You know, it demands to recognize that you're fallen and you don't have the strength in yourself to for salvation. And so sharing that message, I mean, it resulted in so much rejection and and um, negative feedback. And Satan loves to take part this new little believer who doesn't have much knowledge and maturity in the in you know, the <laughs> Lord, but has all the zeal in the world, you know, and mess with your emotions and, and um so like we we have watch bills where you spend six hours on in a watch team. It's kind of like um, sophisticated Dairy Queen. You you have your own you know like positions in the in the reactor plant, okay. and um so it'd be six hours locked away with a person, and it's like well all that's in me now is Jesus. So all that would come out is Jesus in our conversations, and um so how would you present that mm-hmm. like um. Make it natural, not not be weird. I think yeah. a lot of our listeners are like, yeah, I'd like to talk about the Lord more, but I just don't really know how do I turn things to him? What 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 are some of the things that you were doing? Yeah, so any way you can think to hint with your actions that Jesus is your man, like that's who you live for, that's what I would go for. It was a little less tactful at first, but then I learned over time how to uh, kind of leave open, like leave a nugget in a conversation. Like, oh, yeah, my oh, someone from my church did this, or, oh, yeah, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to, you know, a beach bash with my church. And, um, and you know, people would ask things like, hey, do you want to go drinking? And, and, and I'd be like, no, I don't really drink. And, they'll, you know, they'll ask about that and just say, you know, ever since I became a Christian, uh, I stopped drinking, you know. And so that would leave them to ask, like, oh, you know, what, um, what made you become a Christian? And for a little evangelistic kid, like on a ship, like, Someone asking you what made you Christian, that's like a gold mine, you know? And um yeah, so think of any way that you can kind of leave in like a bait around, you know, yeah. leave uh like I a pocket Bible, you know, I always had one in my uniform in my back pocket. And on the ship you wear like basically pajamas, like this onesie pajamas. So everybody can see, you know, like yeah. a Bible poking out of your back pocket. And um we study a lot in the nuclear community, so my notebook I had, you know, Romans 8.18 written on it. You know, this present suffering is nothing in comparison to the future glory. It's going to be revealed to us in Christ. And so with, like, the negative community, the empty community, you know, suicide community, essentially, having something about the present suffering, the future glory, and Jesus. And I just had Scripture blasted all over my notebook, you know. And it's just, I try to become a walking invitation, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's essentially how I would go about that. And so if someone didn't take take it, I didn't have this thing in me that's like, well, they have to, I have to share the gospel or else I didn't do a good job today. You know, it was, if they didn't take it, they saw it, they chose not to take it and I can allow them to have the social space to realize I'm not going to freak them out, you know, and that I genuinely just want them to know the gospel. I think that's really a great point because if you see people as prey to be conquered, it's a completely different mindset. You know, this is, no, these are lost sons and daughters these are lost princes and princesses in the kingdom amen and you handle them with love and i think when you come in love and 
and explain the reality of a loving father mm-hmm. who did everything through Jesus to bring them home right. instead of you're messed up, you're broken, you need to get fixed, and here's how you get fixed. Honestly, I've never really seen that work well. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen people get an attitude with that, but you know when, just like when we were at the uh, you know the spiritual arts expo slash witchcraft festival this weekend, because <laughs> uh, it is uh, not yeah. to be inflammatory, but it really was. You know, our intro was you know everyone's cruising the booths and they're and they're looking and they're like, well, what do you all do? They're looking because it says spiritual reading and healings. Mm-hmm. Tons of people are doing readings, tarot cards and looking at your eyeball and telling you about your ancestors and i mean it's all over the place and you know your crystals and angelic whatevers and uh and this this was my intro you know what do you guys do i would just kind of look at them i kind of shrug my shoulders and say yeah we just pretty much pray for people yeah and every single one said oh well you can never have enough prayer and i would just say yeah how can i pray for you and they would volunteer they would share all oh, my mom's an alcoholic and personal stuff and this and that and my dad left and you know whatever and I have a mental health thing and whatever and they would just and I think it's because when you come in love without an agenda mm-hmm. people feel that mm-hmm. that's the Virginia. spirit of God in you that's pursuing them and uh, yeah I mean we saw people saved this weekend I saw people saved and like radically saved in tears and weeping in the middle of a witchcraft festival Praise it's God. a little bit like being in a new community yeah. it sounds like right yeah yeah well talk to me let's see um asking Jesus to reveal himself to you yeah is that so, something that we can ask yes yes <laughs> and that was my main message okay um because everyone's seen fake Christianity. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody I talked to had some misrepresentation of Christianity based on the church, based on religious monotony, um, based on legalism that they were hurt by or a schedule that was stuffy, you know? So what saved me was that dramatic encounter with Jesus. And, um, so when I was sharing, I knew these atheists, like in gener- this generation especially, mm-hmm. needs something real. Yeah. This this generation needs the real gospel. It needs people walking in signs and wonders, but also in the love encounter ongoing with Jesus. You know, so the thing that I would propose to them is to ask Jesus to reveal Himself to you, because that's what He did to me, and I know it worked. Because if I can talk you into Christianity, someone smarter than me can come along and talk you right out of it. But if you have an encounter with the holy living God, his presence authenticates himself. And you know this is God. And so if if I can encourage people to seek the encounter with Jesus over religiousness, then, then I know that God's got somebody. Yeah, and I think that's the model that Jesus gave. I mean, Jesus, when he was on earth in the flesh, he was specifically filling people's needs. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's feeding the the hungry. He's physically fulfilling their needs. And then he's saying, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom is here. Come. You know, he's welcoming them to a a new kingdom, basically, a new reality. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, for me, when I was – very much in the just the, the standard American faith community, if you had suggested to me, ask Jesus to reveal himself to you, I would have thought, oh, that, that seems presumptuous. Uh, maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't need that. I mean, faith is the evidence of things not seen, right? <laughs> so I should believe without having to see. I don't want to be Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So asking Jesus to reveal himself seems like it could be taboo for a lot in the faith community but what have you seen when you ask people when you tell people that so yeah just to specifically on the ship um we started my my buddy chase and i started a small group on wednesday mornings after quarters and uh that's where we muster you know okay in the same room so everybody's already there so it's hard to say like it's out of your way you know and one and we were doing it for weeks and um one person I saw over time had an emptiness to him and he was hungry for something real. I could see that. I don't know if it was the grace of the Lord. You know, I think it was discernment, but I think the Lord's giving you his eyes for hurting people. Right. He was empty. I could see it. I could see nothing mattered. Anyway, he was just happened to be waiting after quarters in the room. 
sitting there while we're having a group and he's overhearing everything. Okay. You know, so me and Chase, we invited him over. Yeah. Do you want to join in? You're already in here. And he was like, sure. And we asked him, um, do you believe in Jesus as God? And uh, he said, you know, I've never once believed in Jesus a day in my life, but I'm so empty and my life lacks purpose that if he could prove himself to be real to me, I would serve him. And so, so we told what him. What an awesome opening, right? <laughs> yes. This guy, man, he was ready for it. Because God, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yeah. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. He was poor in spirit, and he acknowledged that. Yeah. He knew he didn't have the answer in himself. Yeah. So what we told him is, look, man, the only way you can know he's real is if he shows you. So, and I just described, like, this is some things I do to get into the presence of God, you know? And one of the things was the Bible app. God used the random generated verse of the day so many times to be co- coincidental for me, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and that was what initially got me, you know, the Romans 8.18 and then the verses right after that. So I suggested that to him, and then I told him, I was like, look, go home tonight and say, God, Jesus, Jesus, if you're real, reveal yourself to me and I'll serve you. Mm-hmm. So the next day, he comes into work and he parks in the parking lot and he, and he said he downloaded the Bible app and the verse of the day was Matthew twenty two thirty seven, which is love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. Right. And he looked up and the, both cars in front of him, their license plate had just twenty two thirty seven on it. So he said he went and deleted everything nasty off his computer. He gave his life to Jesus. And then he turned around and started being a minister of the gospel with us on the ship. Because he had an encounter, and he knew it wasn't it wasn't uh, coincidence, and he could have just said it's coincidence and left that encounter place, yeah. that pathway towards encounter. But he took that place, and then a month later he has an encounter with the presence of God. He has a vision. I made him write it down so he never doubted it. I made him draw it so he never doubted it. He and he felt the life of God fill that empty place. So that's that's how we minister the gospel. That's how we ministered it. Ask for an encounter. Ask him to improve himself because it kind of puts it on them to to uh, like to say, "Hey, I don't actually want to see if he's real." You know? Yeah. yeah. This is so much more exciting than, uh, "Hey, you got to say the prayer." Did you say the prayer? Say the prayer, man. Okay, you said the prayer. Now be better. That's kind of the model that I learned. Right? If you were going to die right now, where would you go? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a fear base in that. But what I'm hearing you say is it's not about a fear structure where we're basically just coming to God to get our needs met, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to go to hell, so I'll say your prayer. Right. But now I'm just using God basically to get my needs met. Yeah. And then as soon as I don't feel like he's meeting my needs, I'm going to get an attitude and you know walk away or, or you know lose my faith or backslide or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But what if it's not about saying a prayer to get your needs met? Amen. And we even say it on the intro and outro of this show. What if it's about saying a prayer to get heaven into you right now Amen. Amen. and then walking in that for the rest of your life? And that's what I'm hearing you saying. You're inviting people to ask the Lord to reveal himself to them. He's doing it, and that's transforming them. Amen. Not yep. because of your you know, classy apologetic skills or yeah. your ability to argue. It or, doesn't work. It doesn't work my experience as well i mean so having conversations that may look like an argument but really you're casting down strongholds that can be a tool of the lord but so having knowledge to cast down strongholds and liberate someone's mind through a limited perspective that's good but if it if you're relying on apologetics that no one's like you're not going to get convinced you know it's talking people into just buying into your cult is like what it seems like to them you know they need an experience with the risen Christ. They need to know God's real. Yeah. And you when can- you have that, like Paul, when you have an experience with the risen Christ, you are changed forever and you'll never go back because it's so vivid and so real. Right. I had the same same thing and my life completely transformed. Uh, and that's a word my wife used to describe it. I'm, I'm, you're transformed, she said. I'm like, yeah. And I didn't even really know it until she could define for me how I was transformed. And I thought, yeah, she's right. The Lord is doing stuff. We get the joy of equipping and encouraging you. We want to provoke 
the body of Christ. We want to provoke all the Christians that have prayed the prayer. We trust the Lord. We're living in his light. We're doing the best we can. We want to show you there's more. There's so much more. We serve a creator God and he's so creative. So we bring guests on that model and encourage what it looks like to have just a bold faith. And you know what? They are seeing the most awesome stuff. They're seeing the Lord turn back the spirit of suicide. They're seeing people saved in dramatic, dark places. They're seeing supernatural healings in the moment. We're we're seeing resurrections. Yes, it still happens. We're seeing demons jump out of people. Everything that you see Jesus doing in the scriptures, he said we would do the same things and more. So I just bring you guests that are doing it. And what I love about my guest tonight is Brent McCarty, is our guests are regular people. These are normal folks. You're a Navy nuke. I love that. It's not for the elite few that have the seminary degree and they, you know, they work at a church and they've got an international healing ministry. No, it's for all of us. And what is it going to be like when the body of Christ rises into the fullness of what Jesus paid a price for? And all of us (laughs) are moving in the love of the Lord every day. And we're eager to love and we're eager to be his hands and feet. So I think, Brent, a lot of people are saying, hey, Lord, just open the door. Just Mm -hmm. open the door to my coworker. Open the door to my mother-in-law. Open the door to my husband's, you know, boss, whatever. Open the door, Lord, and I'm your man. I'll step through it. Amen. What's your experience with waiting for the Lord to open the door? Yeah, so I've seen – at first there's this timidness, and I'll just talk from my experience too, uh, of just like almost – like I got to this point where I was almost dreading an open door. You know, and then or like waiting for the right tingly feeling or waiting to feel, quote unquote, led, you know. Um, But I found that Paul always prayed for he asked them to pray for the door to be open for the gospel. Not not that he would see it when it like appears, you know, it was like, hey, guys, let's pray for a door to be open today. And so I've noticed when I pray prayers like that. There's a boldness I have to match with that prayer okay. when I come to God and ask that, that I'm ready to deliver the message of the gospel. And But I've also noticed that there's been more opportunities to share the gospel when I've done that. So you pray just a normal part of your day, Lord, would you just open the doors today and that I not miss a single door. As you open the door, Lord, thank you, Lord, to open the door and I'll walk through it. Is that like a normal? It's not a daily thing. Okay. Um, I, every time I start feeling timid going into work. That's usually when I do that, when I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. And I acknowledge to God that, all right, Lord, you didn't die for me if I felt good. You didn't die for me only when I feel at peace to share the gospel. You died for everyone, whether I feel good or not. So, Lord, I'm asking for you to open a door today for me to share the gospel despite my nervousness. So that's usually that's usually what it's like. Do you, do you notice that the nervousness is actually a clue that the Lord's about to open a door? <laughs> totally. Okay, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so there's one of my pastors said once, he said, can I just propose to you that when you feel nervous and you think you have a word from somebody and you feel so nervous, that that's actually your moment. Yeah. And because you got you to gotta realize we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And he has supernatural divination. You yeah. know, he can understand events of the future before um, take just real quick from the Bible. Every time a major prophet was being raised, what was Satan doing? There was a decree from the law to destroy the, the firstborn. Okay. So when Moses came and when Jesus came, so he knew Messiah was coming. He didn't wasn't sure which generation it would be, you know, but he knew that someday it was coming. He could read the signs. Oh, there's there's a generation raising up right now. So he would combat that. So Satan knows when God's got something planned for you that day. That's amazing. Yeah. Through some means. So you're going to encounter timidity. You're going to encounter uh, like traffic to work. Like I just, you start paying attention to the signs. Is this a well-greased highway right now for sharing the gospel? And usually when it's not, that's when you have to rise up past that feeling and not exalt your feelings above the gospel itself. And then open your mind and, and look for the open doors. And usually that's when you have a powerful, powerful day ahead of you for, for the kingdom. So the key is actually when it feels wrong, it feels difficult that's when it's right. Yeah. It's an upside down kingdom, the right? Kingdom, everything's upside down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's see, talk about, um, yeah, talk about the sinus infection lady. What happened with that? 
Yeah, so um yeah, so I was on watch with somebody who spent like four to six hours of watch with a person locked away in an operating station and um a nuclear dairy queen, you said. Yep, nuclear dairy queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh which is like the most apt way to anyway, but um and so this person grew up, you know, really close to my hometown in Georgia and had experienced churchianity growing up and and so talking to her I asked her, have she ever had any, uh, anything supernatural to occur mm-hmm. to where she knew God was actually real? And she was very, very honest and said no. Yeah. And so she had been talking about a sinus infection. And, and so I said, well, can I pray for your sinus infection to go away right now? And she, she said, she, she let me. So prayed twice, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. Yeah. I can give it at least, you know, yeah, give it another shot. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, let me just pray one last time. And she's like, okay, definitely. So it just laid hands on her head and just said like, God, we praise you and we honor you that you're real and that this isn't far off in your kingdom, that this is something you want to do right now, Lord. And we just believe that you're healing the sinus infection in Jesus name. Something along that line. Very brief. Very brief. Yep. Just right to the point. You know, he's a real person. He can hear yeah. you, you know? Yeah. And so didn't ask how to, you know, she felt after that. Um, and then until like 30 minutes later and I asked her, does she notice any change? And she said that she could breathe out of her right nostril for the first time in two weeks. And she was breathing perfectly. Yeah. The Lord touched her. Right. So yeah, not just about the loss. It's about those in the church coming to Christ. Yeah. You know? Oh, I know. You know, I feel like honestly, the the ministry the Lord's given me, which I don't even know if this is in the Bible, guys. The ministry I feel like the Lord has given me is preach Christ to Christians. Yeah. I don't think that's in the Bible, but that's, that's what, the, what that's what's happening. That's what the Bible's made of. <laughs> Paul was saving the church in all his letters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I love that. So the sinus infection lady, you prayed three times right. before you saw any mm-hmm. breakthrough, and then you waited a little while. And I feel like it's important to say, you know, we don't chase the supernatural. We don't chase miracles. It's not about that. Actually, they chase us. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, in Mark that these signs will follow right. those who believe. Right. So yeah. just because you prayed for someone and you didn't see it, it's not about our sight. It's about being obedient to the word. Right. You know, Jesus said, as you go, freely receive, freely give. Heal the sick. He didn't say pray for the sick. He said heal the sick. Amen. Cast out devils. Well, that still happens. That's not just an Old Testament. No. It, it still happens. Yeah. Cleanse the lepers. Yeah. That's people of wasting diseases that nobody knows anything to do with, you know. And uh, raise the dead. <laughs> raise the dead. And, and, and he says, you know, what I've done, you'll do greater things. I don't believe you'll see any greater things until you start doing the same things. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So when someone comes to you and they're like, yeah, I had this sinus infection. It won't go away. Yeah, we lean into it. And we pray in faith. And it's not even because of our faith. Mm-hmm. It's his faith. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus lives in you, therefore, when you're praying, you're actually, it's him praying through you. Because don't you know you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. So it's not even you. So if you feel awkward, I would just encourage you, the flesh has got to get out of the way. Right? Love not your own life unto death. Get you out of there. It's not about you. You can't heal anybody anyway. But the spirit of God in you can so, Brent, when you're praying for this young woman, you pray one time, no change. Right. Is there any part of you that's like, okay, well, God, I guess it's not your will. You just want to stop there. So there's always that part, but I just take that as Satan or the flesh, yeah. just the unbelieving flesh, you know, um, because Jesus w- went around doing good, healing, healing all. all. Yes. And that Greek word there means, <laughs> means all. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um and I'm not doing it to gratify myself, yeah. you know, so I know God's really with me, yeah. you know, that, that, um, if you want to, I'm just going to quick plug. If you <laughs> want to minister in signs and, and healings and stuff, destroy idols in your life, because if you are doing it for results, yeah. then your dignity might be your idol. Yeah. And so if you get that out of the way, then you're in a place to match the heart of God, you know, to really work with him as co-labor of the Lord and preach a full gospel accompanied by signs and wonders. So when that little voice came up, you know, well, maybe it won't happen. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't care if it happens or not. This is my commission to lay the hand, lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Yeah. That's my commission. I don't have an option. I can't change the Bible. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. You can't say, well, I don't want to do the assignment because I don't like it. And you might, and you might be terrible at it. You might be no good at the assignment. That doesn't mean you don't have to do it. You still have to do the assignment. And you know, for me, it's amazing. I'll just give you a testimony from last week. Uh, I had my car in the shop and I had to get an Uber to go pick it up. Right. And, uh, so I call an Uber. I don't, do a lot of Ubers, but I, I got an Uber. So I get this guy. You know how random that is. You never know what you're going to get. And I get this 31-year-old Indian man from India, and we're driving to you know get the car. It's about a 15, 20-minute drive. And uh, I did not do anything to really present the gospel yet. <laughs> I just was talking to the guy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, you've been driving for a long time, normal stuff. And he says this to me. He says, well, I had to sleep in my car last night because I was waiting for a plane. The plane got delayed and the guy I was supposed to pick up never came. So I just slept in my car. And I'm like, oh, man, you're really committed to this thing. And he says, well, actually, I can only sleep sitting up because of injury in my back, discs and nerves and this and thing. And I can't lay flat because my back is so messed up. I have to sit up anyway. Right. I didn't even ask him. I didn't even say, hey, man, you have any pain in your body? He offers that. So I said to him, I'm like, man, of all the Ubers that I could get, I got to tell you, this is of the Lord because I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I see him heal people a lot. I didn't even ask you about that. But you know what? I believe that that's because the Lord loves you so much he wants to heal your back. And the guy is from India and is a Hindu. It's clear. I mean, you can – He's talking about in my next life this and karma that. Wow. And I was able to say to him, like, man, you know what's better than karma? I mean, karma is a biblical thing, man. We, you know, as you reap, so shall, as you sow, so shall you reap. Yeah. That's a total biblical thing. I'm totally down with karma. But you know what's better than karma? He's like, what? And I said, grace. Mm. Grace is really <laughs> awesome. So I just explained the gospel to him, really simple. And then I said, can I pray for your back? And he's like, sure. I'm like, dude, what do you got to lose, right? And he's driving. I can see his eyes in the rearview mirror. Okay, I'm watching him looking out the windshield, and I just put my hand on his shoulder, just just enough to touch him, and he knows I'm touching him. And I just spoke a quick prayer. And I'm like, Father, you love this man, uh, long Indian name. Uh, you love him. You love me. And Lord, you paid a price for his healing. So right now, on the authority of Jesus Christ, I command, and I just spoke into his back. Back be healed. All discs be healed. All pain go now on the authority of Jesus Christ. And I said, okay, what do you, do you notice anything going on in your body? And he's looking kind of, you can see his eyes kind of looking off, looking out the window. He's processing. There's a look when people are processing. And I actually gave it like 15, 20 seconds before I asked him that. He got quiet. And I see him looking out the window. And I said, so, hey, do you notice anything going on in your body? And he says, I have goosebumps all over my body right now. And I'm like, dude, that's the Lord. He's real. He's touching your body. He loves you. I have no idea if his pain is changing. I got nothing. I just heard the goosebumps thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm putting it out there in faith. I'm just putting it out there. And then we get to a red light. He puts the brake on, and he looks in the rear view, and he's kind of got a timid look on his face. And he says, your prayer worked. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, man, why? What's going on? He said, every time I push the brake, I can feel things moving in my back, and my back hurts. But now I have no pain and nothing is moving in my back. And I said, man, that's Jesus. He loves you. He's touching your body right now. And, uh, you know, I spoke a little bit more life into him. I didn't get him in a headlock and make him say a prayer Mm -hmm. because I told him, I said, you know what? I believe that you're going to be laying down in your bed tonight. And when it doesn't hurt, I want you to remember that's Jesus. He's the one who healed you. And the guy's like, oh, yes, I will remember. And I said, and then you just thank him. Do you know how to thank him? And he's like processing a little bit. And so I just led him in a really simple commitment to Christ. I'm like, yeah, here's how you thank him. Like, Lord Jesus, thank you for healing my body. Lord, would you just come into my life and heal my whole life the way you healed my body? So good, yeah. And he's like, okay, I will do this. (laughs) And I went and picked up my car. Yeah. So – Moving in the signs and wonders and all that is just an outpouring of the presence of the Lord that lives in us. And Brent, I love the way that you're explaining how to minister in in dark situations. We're going to continue on that. I want you to hear more from Brent because he's just got – he's just such a 
there's so much of the Lord just pouring out of you, and there's so much truth. I love that about your heart. You're listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and it's our honor to encourage and provoke the body of Christ to run with us, to see the Lord touch people and regular, part of your normal life every day. It doesn't have to be just something we do in the church. In fact, I was when we were talking about ministering in this witchcraft festival, I was talking to this guy. He's like a jeweler. He's making jewelry, and it's all got you know, astrological stuff on it. And, uh, and I explained to him what we do. We just pray for people. He's like, yeah, you know, a lot of Christians don't do anything outside of the church. (laughs) And I'm like, I know, man, we could be friends. And so I got to pray for him. But folks, it's about taking Jesus with you everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. That's what he died for. So we are on 89.1, the word in praise coming to you out of Cheriton, Virginia and Firestorm Live is here to serve and encourage and equip you. We are listener supported. If you'd like to find out more about us, if you'd like to be part of us, when we this is a very ragtag group of revivalists like you, Brent, that are just being the hands and feet of Jesus as part of our normal lives. But we do trainings, we do outreaches, we do these things. If you would like to know more about that, you can find us on firestormunited.org, also on Facebook at Firestorm United. You can see old shows, you can see the evidences for the various miracles and things that we talk about every week. Whatever we have, we put it up there. You can see the show notes. But the best part of the show, I think, It's just, it's so encouraging to hear what God is doing in our community. You know, this is not something that the Lord used to do and he doesn't do anymore. You know, if you think God doesn't do that anymore, come hang out with me. Come hang out with us for a day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine as I was getting ready to come on the air. And he said, yeah, I got to tell you, I went the other night um, with my wife and we went to like, I think they went to like a frozen yogurt place. The, the, The bill was like nine bucks. And he said, when I got it, I wrote in a $9 tip. I wrote in a 100% tip. And, you know, the little young woman that's there working, she said, oh, no, 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 you messed up. You put the total in the tip category instead of – and he said, no, 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 I meant to do that. And she says, why would you do that? And he says, he says, because I serve an extravagant God. He sees yes. you and he loves you. And the girl starts to get teary. Wow. And she says, I just needed to hear that so much for $9, a $9 tip. Yeah. It's not a $100 tip, a $9 tip. It's possible. This is available for everyone. So, Brent, you're ministering in a very dark place, the, mm-hmm. the nuclear community in the Navy as you've told me, is full of atheists, scoffers, and suicide. Yes. Do you feel like the Lord specifically planted you there? Is oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, even just like <clears throat> very obviously, like a lot of times uh, I'll be praying for confirmation and I'll just see like a 7-7, you know, just like something I just kind of put faith in, like, you know, like God speaking to me. And even like the ship's whole number was seven, seven, you know? So it's like, I feel like it was, it was like, you know, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works before the foundation of the world. Like I probably butchered that, but you know, it's like God ordained that, you know, I was a part of that culture and then I get radically saved and then just turn around, just pour my heart out for the Lord. Like I know that was his plan, you know? Yeah. Um, And that was my assignment while I was on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a normal part of your life to present the gospel to people just normally yes can you give any pointers for folks who say i would love to do that i just i'm just not confident what do i do what do i need to do what would you tell them you're so there's about thirty thousand of you listening right now i'm told every 15 minutes there's about thirty thousand of you out there that are hearing the reality that jesus loves you and we just want to equip you right now what if what if only one percent of us stepped out and did that what if 300 of us tomorrow use what brent's about to teach you and we just shared the love of jesus with one person and then that exponentially increases do you know how we could change the face of our of our world so what would you tell people that they're i'm a believer yeah i just don't i just don't know i don't know what to do what do they do okay so the easiest way to get the door open is hey i know this might be weird but I felt it in my heart to pray for you. Is there anything you need prayer for? I do that 
all the time in the grocery store everywhere. You acknowledge that it's weird, you know, <laughs> and if you feel somebody tugged on your heart, you know, just listen to the Holy Spirit with that. And usually people have like not many people reject prayer, Yeah, you know, and so I, sometimes I just pray for them and I can tell that that's what they want and that's all they can handle. And I just bless them and I kind of see, see if they open that door a little bit more. Okay. Um, if the door gets closed, then I just bless them and don't require anything from them. Right. But if they give me something, I go there and I try to go to the next level. Okay, what's the so, next level look like? So for some people downtown uh, recently, I just like, hey, can I pray for you? And they're like, yes. And they told me what they need prayer for. And they were so open to it and so thankful for it. And I felt a word of prophecy come over. Mm-hmm. So I just started kind of prophesying into their life. Okay. And then they, you know how First Corinthians 14 says, when you prophesy, somebody will hear the deep secrets of their heart and fall on their face and praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, they fell on the, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, they admitted this from the Lord. I could see it touched them, right? So I'm not done there. I need to go to the next thing. So I could tell they've had a relationship with the Lord. So you moved like, hey, well, do you want to renew your your dedication to Jesus? And then they're like, yes. So then at that point, I lead them through a prayer. And then I'm like, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but of power. And the power comes from him. So it doesn't matter if I believe he's there to minister in power. You know, it's that's what the kingdom of heaven is. So at that point, they've said they've rededicated their life to Jesus, you know, and then I asked, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And so so I just kept going. This is just, I'm using this example because yeah. they were just green lighting. Yeah. And so they were like, yes. So I just like asked if I could like lay my hand on their shoulder, you know. Yeah. And I just prayed for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they felt the presence of God. I asked them what they felt and they could feel his peace and they could feel yeah. God's presence. Ah. Uh. I yeah. love that. You know, a lot. that's a great word right there, Brent, because a lot of times when I pray for people and I'll say, hey, how, you know, how are you doing? How do you feel? And I think more often than not, they'll say, I just have so much peace over me right now. Mm-hmm. That's his presence, right. folks. That's what the presence of Jesus feels like. He is the prince of peace. So when they say, oh, I just feel so much peace. An easy response is, yeah, that's Jesus. He's real. Mm-hmm. He's filling your body right now. Would you like to thank him? Yeah. And often they'll say, yeah, how? Or they'll just start doing it on their own. Right. And that's really cool when it's just organic. And they'll just say, they'll just start praying. Thank you, Jesus, for filling. Thank you for the peace. And I just let them go. Wow. I just wound them up and I just let them go and I see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what to do, you just lead them. Really right. simple. So, yeah. And that time they felt the presence of the Lord. And then I was yeah. like, what's the next thing? I gave them my pocket Bible. Yeah. You know, and then so it's just hooked them up with just whatever the next stage is. And I told them, you know, spend time in prayer, talk to him. He's real, you know. And um, yeah. So it's just like you just, you just love people. Yeah. You go out, go when you go out doing anything in the world, you are an ambassador of a different kingdom. Yeah. An ambassador of a different planet. You are a light bearer. And so just let your light shine so they can see it's otherworldly. They can see this guy just loves me on the street. What? You know, and then that opens people up to just listen to what you got to say. Yeah. You know, and if what you got to say, if all you've got in you is Jesus, all you've got to say is Jesus. And they can hear the authenticity in your, in the love that's coming across. Yeah. And I, I've known you for a little while, Brent, and I've always known for a, there's just a beauty and a zeal and a holy, there's a holiness about you. And I know you weren't always that way, but that is developing, right? How do you, how do we develop that? We only have a few minutes left. Okay. Um, developing just a, a, a comfortless a comfortability with the Lord. Uh, we talk about secret place. Mm-hmm. We talk about fasting sometimes. Yep. What are some things that you've seen in your own life that has kind of increased the oh, anointing? Man, this last two month period, uh, like I didn't understand the anointing before. Okay, but now it's just like cracking like lightning off. You know, like okay, that was probably the worst way to describe it. But <laughs> yeah, so um, my wife and I put a chair in our closet like a month and a half ago. Okay, and I just go in there. Like if it's a weekend, I do the first thing I do is just go in there and just say good morning to the Lord and just sit there like, you know, just and um and then at night before bed I spend time in the in the secret place in my closet with God. Okay, you know, and I, so I highly recommend having some designated time with the Lord and it's space with the Lord where you just focus on God and have Him be what you saturate yourself with. Have Scripture be the main input into you, not social media, 
not YouTube videos, not even sermons. Have scripture be the main source of inflow into your life. And and I have implemented fasting into my life. So I've just started doing uh, every Friday. <clears throat> and then Friday, Saturday, Saturday, the first three days, you know, first full weekend of every month. And <clears throat> what I've noticed there is that you detach from the desires of the flesh quite literally. Mm-hmm. And that puts you in a place to draw near to Jesus. Yeah. And so one thing, when I first started fasting like this, Jesus showed me, don't fast for power. Yeah. Fast to draw near because he is power, yeah. you know, and fast for intimacy. And I'll just real quick, just for encouragement. So I've been doing the secret place at night. The other night, Saturday night, I was up until midnight alone in my room, in my closet, just loving God, just ministering, just God, you're my treasure. You're my, you're my everything, God. Make my heart pure so I can see you, you know. And I felt drunk in the spirit, you know, just so infused with God's presence that night. And I asked God, what's so different about this time or why am I feeling your presence? And the Lord said, how many people do you think are up right now at midnight on a Saturday in their closet telling me that I'm their treasure? That's what God, that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. This is why you're drunk in my presence right now is because I am your treasure. So, yeah. And it's available for every believer. Yeah, so we just have a couple minutes left. Brent, I would love for you to pray for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Again, they say that there's about 30,000 of you out there every 15 minutes, and our heart is that we want to activate every single one of you to move in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. So, Brent, can you pray for our for our listeners in the last minute or so we have? Yes, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read just a quick scripture, and that's what I'm going to pray from. It's Hebrews 10, uh, 19. Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus— by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart and the full assurance of faith and it goes on but I just Jesus has done everything to open that place into the into the holy of holies and it's God did not die to limit us he died to open that encounter so Lord I just ask Lord for anyone listening right now Lord just to invite them, show them that they are formally invited into the secret place with you, God. That they're formally invited into an encounter with your presence, God. That the veil has been broken by the body of Jesus and paid for by the blood of Jesus, that we can enter the holiest of all. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would grab people to have a desire for holiness and, and purity, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would touch people's hearts right now as they're listening in their cars. I just hear the name Becca. God sees you. God sees you. And he hears and he's counted every one of your tears. And his heart is moved with compassion. And that he's inviting you into a deeper intimacy with you. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would touch people in their cars right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for listening to Firestorm Live broadcast. You know, you can follow us on firestormunited.org, on Facebook, Firestorm United. We have trainings coming up. We do this all over the area and and really all over the country now. It's kind of cool what God's doing. This is available for every single believer. By this, I mean walking in the presence, being a conduit of the presence of the Holy Spirit every day, everywhere you go. You know, in the Old Covenant, we had the Ark of the Covenant that the Lord would inhabit. Well, in the New Covenant, that's us. You're the carrier of the presence every day. So just know who you are. The Lord is not mad at you. He doesn't have an attitude. If you have prayed to receive Jesus, you are a prince or a princess in the kingdom, and your father is thrilled. It makes him so happy, little children, to give you the kingdom. It's an amazing thing. So run with us. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. Tune into our next episode and we meet John Hauser. John has a history in ministry, but during the COVID 
pandemic, John stepped away from his church for various reasons and went and got a job amongst the people. John works in a grocery store and he spends his day praying for people as a normal part of his life. He's seeing people saved. He's seeing people healed in a situation where a lot of people don't know what it looks like to pray. John's doing it. He's going to give a lot of great examples. You got to check it out.